0: Welcome to the Fellowship Regional Church Podcast. The rabbis referred to all scripture as holy. When they spoke of the Song of Solomon, they referred to it as, check this out, the holy of holies. Also, as we've kind of studied, we've kind of understood the reason for the Song of Solomon. Um they would recite the Song of Solomon the day before Sabbath. That's at least interesting, isn't it? The day before you're home, doing no work, read the most erotic poem you can find. God doesn't have anything to say to us about this? Oh, absolutely. Probably more than we care to hear. Probably. Probably more than we than we really care to hear. There's a story by this guy named Tommy Nelson, and he says there was a community that lived along the river. And in the river were crocodiles. And every once in a while, the kids would be playing and a crocodile would come up out of the water and would grab one of the children and drag them off into the water. There's a man there who is not a part of that community, and he begins to scream and yell and holler, and he says, uh, did, did anyone else see the, the crocodile take the child into the water? And everybody at the table just kind of put their head down. He said, I don't understand. I don't understand. What the, did, did nobody see this crocodile take this child? Said the man began to look around, and he began to see all the gnarly scars up and down people's body, people missing hands, people with big chunks out of their leg. And he said, why isn't somebody talking about what's going on here with the crocodiles? Chief of the community said, it's taboo to talk about crocodiles. Our culture has no trouble talking about this. None. But the church is about 150 years late. While this crocodile sexual desire crawls up out of the water, grabs our children, and tears them apart, we say nothing we have a responsibility to talk about the crocodile that is in our life. For the protection of our family, for the protection of our marriage, for the protection of ourselves. we have a responsibility to talk about the crocodile. Last week we left off talking about this couple, Solomon and the Shulamite, having this conversation about, it seems as if they're at odds She's on one side of the bathroom door. Have you ever had this? Probably not, but I have. The, one side of the bathroom door, and she's crying. The other person is on the other side of the bathroom door, and he's saying, babe, come out. Like, st- you can't stay in there all day. Come out. Let's have a conversation. We need to talk this out. Or he's banging on the door or whatever. And Solomon and the Shulamite are having this conversation, and we left off talking about how he was talking to her and, what, and how he referred to her. My dove in the cleft of the rock, in the hiding places on the mountainside, show me your face, let me hear your voice, for your face is sweet and your voice is lovely. We talked about that when there's an argument between spouses, men, you are the initiator of reconciliation. I can hear you arguing with me in your silence. I can hear it. I can hear you. I can hear it. Well, I'd rather rather just give her the silent treatment, and she knows when she's wrong. No. Probably she does know when she's wrong. Solomon's example is taken from God's example. We take our example from Solomon and from God, and that is this. Did you go find God, or did God come find you? God came and found you. God put people in your life and begin to direct you different ways. Some of you are in church today and you're just like, I don't really even know why I'm here other than like apparently God did this. Like I don't know. But he's, something has happened here. God initiated contact with us. God made contact first. Husbands, when we have an issue, a problem, a fight, an argument with our spouse, we are the initiator of reconciliation. Not counter-jabs. With me? <laughs> no, it's not it. <coughs> we are the initiator of reconciliation. He says to her, I need to see your face. I need to hear your voice. Now, these words get really, really cool. And unfortunately for us men, this sucks. Sucks. Really. Sucks. Because it's, it gets right into where our pride uh, sleeps and begins to kind of turn us sideways a little bit. Verse 14 to 15 of chapter 2. My dove in the cleft of the rock and the hiding places on the mountainside. Show me your face. Let me hear your voice. Your, for your voice is sweet. Your face is lovely. The first thing that he asks for is this. Let me see your face. The word is vision, okay. sight, appearance. And for application purposes, let's toss one more word in. Perspective. Check this out. Babe, I know we disagree. Show me your perspective. I can tell you right now, that is not a frequent conversation at my house. Here's the way it goes typically inside of our marriages No, 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 no. I'm talking. I'm talking. No, I'm talking. Let me tell you what happened. Let me tell you why my feelings are hurt. Let me tell you why I'm offended. Let me tell you about me, 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 and says, Tell me your perspective. Show me your perspective. Next thing he asks for is her voice. The word is cry, check this out, growl, fair, or thunder, more fitting. Solomon says, show me your perspective. Tell me your story. I need you to come out, let me see your face. Let me, I need to, we need to make eye contact, we need to have this conversation. Show me what has upset you so much. Now, Give me the thunder. Lay into me. Tell me what I did wrong I need to know. Ladies, can I tell you something? Um, if you do not communicate your hurts, and you only communicate your anger, we don't get better. You know what we are by nature? Fixers and fighters. Which one do you want? You want to bring us a fight? Put up your dukes, right? You want to bring me a problem and a hurt I will pull a sword and go to hacking away at whatever problem has hurt you that is what we are fixers and fighters and Solomon steps right in front of the fighter and he says hold on hold on cry lay into me tell me what's going on I need your perspective I need your story tell me your words where does it hurt this is what mommies and daddies say when little ones come wandering and crying with that silent, ah! that one? Where does it hurt? <laughs> right? And Solomon says, give, it, give, me, the, give me the information. Where did, where, did I, where did I misstep? Third thing he asks for, he wants to know where are the foxes. In the Hebrew it says this, take me to the foxes. The picture is this. The foxes would come into the vineyard, we talked about this last week, eat the blossoms off the vine and there would be no wine for harvest. There would be no grapes for harvest, which we could not make wine, which meant no celebration, no feast. So the foxes are getting in there and eating off these blossoms, which are going to take away the good times. You don't have to be married very long to realize, like, when foxes get in and screw up a whole year, that's not fun, you know? Right, married people? You've had these seasons to where foxes ate everything. We're just making it right now, barely making it. And Solomon looks at her and he says, take me to the foxes. Isn't it interesting that when you fight, when you argue with your spouse, oftentimes what it is, is you see a problem and they see a problem and the problem is, it ends up being the same problem, but you're talking about two completely different planets, right? No, 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 I'm talking about this. Like when you give me that look and I feel terrible and you, I don't like it when you talk that you remind me of my father. Like, you know, this. (laughs) Like this kind of deal. When we finally get down to the bottom of it, what is it? It's the same thing, but we're yelling from two different sides. Solomon moves over to her side of the line and says, what foxes? Show me the foxes. What are the foxes that are eating the grapes off of your vine? Not, here's the problem that's making me angry and why I don't like you now. Show me the foxes that are messing up your world. Point point to them. This is brilliant. This is brilliant. Watch the response. Verse 16. My lover, this is her speaking, My lover is mine, and I am his. He browses among the lilies until the day breaks and the shadows flee. Turn, my lover, and be like a gazelle or like a young stag on the rugged hills. Verse 16. The roles of marriage work this way. Man, we are the initiator of reconciliation. That's what we are. We initiate reconciliation. Listen, there's a time to let stuff cool off. You know what I mean? Like, there's a time, like, don't go back in there right now. Like it's, it's not safe physically. It's not, like don't. She's still like getting through. It. It's and it's it's fine. A little time, a little space is okay. L- listen, slamming it and drive. You with me, men? Slamming it in drive, squalling down the block, hanging out at the bar. Listen, look close. Is dumb. You're in the middle of an argument with your bride. That's dumb. You with me? Everything's good, and you're like, hey, I'm going to go hang out with the guys. Party on Bill. Party on Ted. Until then, no. That's not where we're going. That's not not what's happening. We stay, and we fix our situation. We don't don't leave. We don't run away. We don't run away. That's not what we do. We're we're men. We're not children, okay? We're men. Listen how she responds. My lover is mine, and I am his. Ladies, let me ask you something, because I'm kind of a girl sometimes. Listen, it's not true that if a man were to approach you that way, if your husband were to try to fix the fight like that, do you not feel that same kind of connection? I am his and he is mine. We are on the same page. We are so excited. We're, we're in love. This is like, am I not, am I right? It's 100% true. Like immediately, here comes the heart of like, okay, we're good now. We're good. I fi- he, he made contact. He tried to fix it. He showed, it's good. Guys, can I tell you something? You don't lose your man card when you apologize. You hear me? You get one. You don't lose it when you say, I'm sorry I made a mistake. You get one. Our entire relationship with God after baptism exists because of a gift that God gave us called repentance. Where we can go to Him and say, screw it up again. Sorry. I need help. Please forgive me. If God sends Jesus from all the glory of heaven to here to earth, to us, to this place, to lay down his life in the worst way, do you not think we cannot find a little humility in ourselves to say, I apologize? It's our role. It's our role. That's what godly men do. That's what godly men do. Her response is, my lover is mine, and I am his. He browses among the lilies. Now, part of this, I'm going to need to bring in a sixth grade boy to help interpret it. Sixth grade boys understand this probably better than most theologians. When she begins to talk about the lilies, oftentimes this is in reference to lips. Kisses. Listen to what she says. He browses among the lilies, kisses me, until when the day breaks and the shadows flee. So this is so cool. Ladies, how do you respond when a man does what he does best as a godly man, initiates reconciliation? How is a woman supposed to respond? Here's what, here's what God offers in, in, by way of advice. Number one, his heart. She says, I am his and he is mine. The reaffirming words of we are okay together. My wife and I have this cadence when we argue and we bicker. You fight, and maybe you do too. You fight, you part ways, nobody's really happy. Sometimes you come back and you kind of finish it, reconnect everything and kind of talk, and it's kind of patched together like a sinking boat, you know? And <laughs> it's better than it was, but still the titanic and so you kind of have these conversations and then over time you get out the other stuff and you begin to have these conversations so are we good and listen 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 i live with i live with the female version of tupac all right no lie no lie she will tell you the same thing like west side me against the world like she has like like that's her i'm on the other side like babe are we good her answer to it and i don't think she'll mind if i share this her answer is this, oh, I'm good. <laughs> you hear it? Can you hear it? Babe, are we good? Oh, I'm good. The answer, we're not good. <laughs> Babe, what do we have to do to get on the same page? I want you to understand why I'm upset. Gotcha perspective, voice. This is what I want you to understand. Okay. Ladies, when a man meets you at that place and he initiates reconciliation, there is an overflowing feeling from the heart and all of a sudden we have to learn how to forgive and marriage is a lot of forgiveness and a lot of communication. We learn to respond. Ladies, this is how you respond. Number one, to his heart. You are mine and I am yours. We're okay. Not I. We're okay. Next thing. She says, they kiss until all shadows of doubt are gone. There's re-entry into the stratosphere, into the atmosphere of a relationship after it's been broke. Do you feel that too? Like when you fight with your spouse or whatever? Like, you feel this re-entry, like you go by each other, where typically you, like, go by and you'd be like, you know, cute shirt, whatever, high five, you know, are you making dinner, whatever. Then becomes this other thing to where, like, if you've had an argument and things are uneasy, you walk by each other and you're like, hey. <laughs> you know, you kind of walk by like, hey, <laughs> you know. Like, there's this thing that happens, re-entry back into a normal relationship, takes a minute, and it does not, listen, uh, men, this is, all, this is hard for us to understand sometimes, not all of us, sex doesn't fix everything. With me? So like, when you pull that out, that, pull, pull that card out right then, trying to fix the fight, uh, ladies, helpful, yes or no? <laughs> Unanimously, no. <laughs> uh, hey, babe, would this help? No. No, not helpful whatsoever. What is helpful? Why don't you come over here and sit down and watch a little TV with me? Just kind of hang out. Just sit by me. <laughs> All them in are like, oh. Okay. And the lady said, yes, spend time here with me. He browses among the lilies. He kisses and makes up. Guys, that's not weak. You with me? Like that's how you got married in the first place, right? Oh, and then you grew up. Oh, you're big now. You grown? You don't have to be romantic anymore. Pfft, whatever. It's ridiculous. Like also oh, now you're all, you don't need it. You don't need to like be romantic and nice and sweet. I mean, she's here, isn't? You're an idiot. You're an absolute idiot. No, it's not. That's not. That's not, what, that's not the way it works. We stay romantic. Let's. Let me ask you something. If I were to say, name me a sculptor, could you name me one? Anybody? Okay, Michelangelo. Name me a poet. Shakespeare. Who? Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Got it. Uh, name me a painter. Picasso. Did anybody name any women sculptors? Any women poets? Any women painters? Well, men just aren't romantic. You're an idiot. They are. That's our job. We're made that way. God was not a creator. Blowing up the expanse with his fingertips, illuminating darkness, moving land, creating water, making animals, things that fly, things that walk, things that swim, not a creator. And then we get in that place where we're like, well, I mean, I'm not the romantic type. Last time I'm going to say, you're an idiot. We are. We are. We're created to be that. Ladies, how do you respond? You respond, number one, by meeting him at his heart level. I am mine and he is, I am his and he is mine. Where's the next place you meet him? You meet him in this place to where it's his esteem. You guys kiss and make up to where there is no more shadows of doubt that the relationship is okay. And then finally after that, ladies, how can you respond? Listen to what she says. Turn my lover and be like a gazelle or like a young stag on the rugged hills. 6th grade boys understand this passage clearly. You with me? Rugged hills. I tell you what the Hebrew is? Mountain parts. True story. Mountainous parts. Her response is you be that to me ladies at that point when this man has proven himself to be the initiator of reconciliation your heart is connected with him you have esteemed him with your words and with your actions at that point it's okay listen to dole out sex as a fix it is not healthy not healthy it becomes an absolute pattern that is ridiculous and does not and it's lifeless and it's loveless we do not dole that out as just a frosting over an ugly cake. With me? It's not it. It is the culmination, not the fix. It's the cherry on top. You can't live on that. It will not work. Chapter 3. She's speaking. There's some questions here as to what is going on in this passage. Some say that she's having a dream. Some say that this is the night before her wedding. Uh, There are all kinds of other crazy interpretations. Let me just read it to you. Chapter three, verse one, all night long on my bed, I looked for the one my heart loves. I looked for him, but I did not find him. I will get up now and go about the city through the streets and squares. I will search for the one my heart loves. The watchmen found me as they made their rounds in the city. Have you seen the one my heart loves? Scarcely had I passed them when I found the one my heart loves. I held him and I would not let go of him till I had brought him to my mother's house, to the room of the one who conceived me. Daughters of Jerusalem, I charge you by the gazelles and by the does of the field, do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. There is a defining moment in a relationship, in a dating relationship, a courting relationship. There's a defining moment to where you just decide, like, this is who I want to be with. This makes sense. Let me, let me, this is just a side note. Let me toss this out. If your story is a romantic story, and it's deeply connected and deeply emotional, and you and him are just, it was just such a perfect story, this defining moment of when you got together, But now the relationship has gone into winter. We've gone from spring into winter. It's cold. It's bitter. And we forgot that deal. Can I give you a piece of advice? Sometimes you just have to keep that story with you. Like you have to hold on to that story that we have been buddies. We have been going out since we were in the fifth grade. Now we're married 45 years. How do you get there? Let me tell you how you get there with a lot of communication, a lot of forgiveness, and by telling that story about when you met in the fifth grade. Because that's what holds you together. There's this defining moment, and this woman says, all night long on my bed, I'm thinking to myself, where is this man my whole life? I have looked for you. Where were you? I've I've met other men. I've talked to other people. But when I found you, The game changed she says that she asked the watchman there's these people around there's other men right ladies there's these men there's men that you've known men there's these other girls you've met you knew them you maybe you liked them you didn't know if you liked them but none of them compare to this one she says when I found him I did not let him go Ladies, let me tell you something. There are men who can provide for you everywhere. It it doesn't really take much to have a checking account. With me? It's not proof of a man. Right? Well, he's got a job. Superior work doesn't necessarily mean that's what we're after. There are punks with pickup lines, right? There are guys with big drinks. There are guys with these enormous ideas. They got the best lines. Convincing. But can I tell you something? That doesn't mean he's a man. There's protectors everywhere. There's providers everywhere. What she has found is something completely different. Completely different. It says that there are watchmen, there are friends, and there are family. She takes this man all the way back to her mom and says, I want you to meet him. And mom gives her stamp of approval. Ladies, listen close. Young ladies, especially, listen close. If the people around you are saying he's a moron, you need to listen. With me? You with me? Daughters? Young girls? When your daddy says, I don't know about this guy. When your mom says, he shouldn't make you cry this much. Like, hey, listen, you need to listen. So it's it, you had a tough couple of goes. All right, marriage didn't work out. You gave it another try. Pickers broke. You know what I mean? Eeny, eeny miny, moe. We always end up over in the gutter for some reason. So your pickers kind of broke. So you know what you do then? Ask the people around you. Find watchmen. You with me? Find people who you know will stand beside you and say, Listen, you know you're not good at this. Let me help. (laughs) You're not. You're super not good at it at all. I will gladly stand beside you and I will help you. Ladies, if you know your picker's broke, go find some ladies. Listen, ladies, go find some ladies with me and have them invest in your life so that when that guy shows up, you can say, "Uh, Good or no? And they're like, (laughs) Bail bounce. It's time, you know? But but he's adorable. He's cute. He's like a little puppy. Yeah, he's going to be like a little puppy. I promise you. You're going to be a mess on the floor. There's going to be a lot of stuff going on. Not what we're after, right? Not what we're after. Ladies, you listen. Watchmen in your life for a reason. Friends in your life for a reason. Family in your life for a reason. If you know that's true about you, you got to find some people around you who can help you kind of direct that. You what I mean? So what are we looking for, ladies and men? What are we supposed to be? Ladies, what are we looking for? Men, what are we supposed to be? Look at, look at this. This is, this is probably my favorite part of the Song of Solomon. I'll probably say that every chapter. So, <laughs> verse 6 of chapter 3. Verse 6 of chapter 3. She says, Who is this coming up from the desert like a column of smoke? Stop. Do you remember anything that sounds like that happening in the Bible previous, previously? where something was traveling through the desert in a column of smoke. Say it again. Okay, where else? Moses, I'll give you a hint. Ah, yeah, remember? So they leave Egypt, the Hebrews leave Egypt, and it says that God travels with them and during the night, he is a column of fire over the top of them. And then during the day, he is a column of smoke over the top. She says, who is this man coming up out of smoke? Who is she connecting him to? Beautiful. Who is this godly? Who is this godly man? Men, what are we supposed to be? Godly. Godly. That's what we're supposed to be. How do we get there? Ooh, this is good. This is good. Look, she says, it's Solomon, his carriage, escorted by 60 warriors, the noblest of Israel, all of them wearing the sword, all experienced in battle, each with his sword at his side, prepared for the terrors of the night. Freaking brain is blowing up. Listen to this. Men, let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about a personal thing for a second. I'm gonna clean up my language for this part, alright? It is easy to be king of the knuckleheads. Here's what I mean. If you formulate your life to where you insulate yourself. From other men challenging you, ever being wrong, always being strongest, always being wealthiest, always being top dog, you insulate your life and you form it to where you are only that, and everybody below you is below you, you are, and I'm cleaning this up because it's not what I really want to say, king of the knuckleheads. That is a weak, weak On your point, one five acres. Peak, if you're less in, less in challenged by other men, you are in 5%, 5% weak unusual, unusual. If your life is not open to criticism, if your life is not open to somebody stepping in and saying, "Hey, I don't, I don't know that this is good about you. I think maybe you need to check yourself. I don't like the way you talk to your wife." If your life is closed off from that, you are not getting better, and your bride deserves better than that. Fair. How do we become godly? When we are surrounded by other men. Men that are better than us. We say this often. Men, our responsibility is to never be the best guy in the room. If you're the best guy in the room, two things. You're in the wrong room, okay? And you're the king of the knuckleheads. Men, we are not just leaders. We are leaders and followers. And we surround ourselves with other people who can lead us and and, and people that we can lead. That's what I love about this church. I will step off of this podium, and somebody will come up to me and say, other men will come up to me and say, hey, uh, I think you need to check yourself on that sermon deal. You got a little wound up. And I think to myself, you can't do that in any other church. And they're like, yeah, well, this ain't any other church. We will will have a duel right here. (laughs) And that's the truth. The elders will pull me aside and they will say hey we need to talk about this that wasn't fair didn't like it didn't appreciate it my bad if your life is not open to critique (laughs) that is not a strong man the bible mentions four kinds of men number one adam general male okay male second one is ish husband as in who's that that's Sophie's husband. Oh. Also mentions another one, Enosh, which is weak and sickly man. And then there's the other word, Gever. Gever. G-E-V-E-R. Gever. You know what Gever is? Professional. He's a warrior. He's all man. He's, he's apart from the rest. He is... The Gever. If you go to the book of Jeremiah, here's this verse, and this is what it says. This is what the Lord says Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. Now, let me read it with the Gever and the, and the other part involved, okay? This is what the Lord says Cursed is the Gever, the warrior man, who trusts in the male man. Not the male man, but the male man. You know what I mean? Who just, who just trusts in, well, I'm a man. Cursed is the warrior who steps his game down to this level. Because when you do that, you're not trusting God anymore. You're hiding. Beautiful. I know some of us are like, no, that's not that cool. That sucks for me. <laughs> but listen, this is, this is legit. There's a reason they call Jesus the Lion of Judah. And it's not because he purred like a kitty. You with me? Because he's ferocious, took no prisoners, eat the wounded. That's why. Is he gentle with you? Oh, he can be gentle with you. But does he ever interrupt your life with all kinds of craziness? (gasps) Yeah. Yeah, that's who Jesus is. Is it always gentle? No, it's not. Sometimes it hurts a bunch, doesn't it? But he's there. Third thing, not just a man surrounded by great men, the next one is this, that he is a man of skill. Any any man who has taken time to learn a skill has proven that he has some level of commitment in his heart. Listen what it says. King Solomon made for himself this carriage that he is riding in. He made it from the wood of Lebanon. Its post he made from silver, its base gold. Its seat was upholstered with purple. Its interior lovingly inlaid by the daughters of Jerusalem. Solomon built this carriage that he's riding in on. He didn't have it built. He built it. He said, a man is, a man, a man is somebody who has, who has achieved a skill, who has learned how to do something, Listen, if there is a man that is in your life and he's just kind of floating around, he's not sure really what he wants to be when he grows up and he's 35, but he's great at call of duty, kick him out. (laughs) You with me? Call somebody. You need a team of people to come in and be like, fella, we got to do CPR. Let's get this guy back to life. He forgot how to be a man. We need to do something here. We need to do that. Okay, last part. Uh, Move on down. Verse 11, come out you daughters of Zion, look at the king of Solomon wearing the crown, the crown with which his mother crowned him. On the day of his wedding, the day his heart rejoiced. I promise you with 100% results, promise you with 100% results. If I were to ask the ladies in this room, what is the most attractive trait in the world of a man? Granted, we're gonna have some filters to work through, but let me paint a picture of one. When he gets off work, he leaves work at work. He comes in and he engages with the children that are in his life. He rolls down on the floor and he plays with them. He hugs them, he kisses them, he meets her in the kitchen, he hugs her and he says, You're more beautiful now than you were yesterday. Are you making dinner? Do you want me to make dinner? Do you want me to call in dinner? What do you want? Do you want me just to just, just be here? Would tell you a joke? I'm gonna do the dishes. What do you want? And he is silly and he is fun and he is easy to be around and he is engaging in conversation. That would be a picture that most women would then stand up and say, that's a good man. He can be silly. He's not guarded. He didn't bring his mochismo into the kitchen and try to be the toughest guy in the kitchen no he came home and he met his family at the door and he's fun and he's loving and he's not about business he is just a fun person to be around he is joyful how do you know if a man is joyful in his heart if a man is joyful in his heart do you know where you will see it on his face you will see it on his face you will see it in his relationships you will see it on the faces of his children right ladies how do you know if a man's got joy in his heart? You will see it on the people around him. Solomon has joy, and this lady says, the above all else, everything I love about him, his money, his kindness, his gentility, how he woos me, you know what I love? He's fun. He's just fun. When I'm around him, I breathe deeper. Men, what are we supposed to be? Unguarded, godly, proven, vetted by other people, other men that are solid men. Then, then we know how to love a family. Until then, we can just probably get past level two with the Xbox, right? God's called us to something greater than that. He's called us to care and protect and guide and lead. And love. And he gave us the perfect example in Solomon and even a greater example in Jesus Christ. If you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you to come and talk to me. Um, he's the most inspiring.